afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the July 21st edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you by my title sponsor, and that is the Security Federal Bank. One of the best ways to support Local Matters is to support Security Federal. They have 17 locations between Columbia, South Carolina and Columbia County, Georgia, and they are here to serve you. Even if you believe that banks uh, aren't interested in seeing you, you think your credit score is not good enough, um, you're just not sure if anybody will want to do business with you, Security Federal is the place to visit because they want to serve the needs of people in our community. As always, the show is brought to you too by Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. You can visit my website, janiceallenjackson.weebly.com, or you can Google Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. And there at the Local Matters tab, you will find every single episode that I have done. So another good way to support Local Matters is to share those episodes with people in your networks. Uh, if there's anything that you missed, anything that you think somebody wants to know or need to hear it again, uh, it is all there for you. And as you know, I started this show because I wanted to share my knowledge, expertise, and insights with members of our community. Um, but sometimes in the process of my uh, sharing information with you, I learn even more than I knew before. And today is one of those shows. I think today's show will broaden your horizon as much as it broadened mine. So please hold on tight for a very exciting guest. My guest today is Dr. Carol Lefebvre. She is the Dean of the Dental College at Augusta University. Uh, as you know, we are embarking on a three-part series on Augusta University. Uh, last week, we talked about the cyber school. Uh, this week, we're talking about dentistry. Dr. Lefebvre, thank you so much for being my guest. My pleasure. Um, I always start off by asking my guests to introduce themselves to the audience um, by telling us a little bit about their academic and professional backgrounds and their current job responsibilities. So if you could begin with that, I would appreciate it. Sure. I'm a native of Michigan, born and raised in Michigan. Um, I, I'm a first generation college student. Neither one of my parents actually finished high school, let alone college. I attended Michigan State University, um, have a bachelor's degree in biology, and then matriculated to the University of Michigan, where I went to dental school. After dental school, I taught a year, and then I went back to Michigan to uh, specialize in prosthodontics. After finishing my residency program, I taught three years at Northwestern, and I've been here at the Dental College of Georgia since 1989. Wow. So you're, uh, you've been in the profession for quite a while. Yes. Um, can you tell us how you decided to teach rather than practice? How did that happen? Well, when I finished dental school, I was asked to stay on 
and teach at the University of Michigan. And I realized at that point that there was a lot to learn. And that's why I went back and specialized. But also, I really I love the variety of an academic career. We have, um, you know, there's always this uh, talk about a tripartite mission in higher education. So we teach, we do research and scholarship, we perform service and included in service is another mission and that is patient care. So I love having the variety and doing all of those kinds of different things. Okay, all right, very good. And one other thing uh, in your observation, you said you came to um, the medical college in 1989. Yes. Uh, one of the things that some people don't know about me is that I collected my first paycheck from uh, the dental school back in 1981. My first little job uh, coming out of high school, it was just a summer internship sort of thing. Um, but I worked at the dental school in the pathology lab and I was making a grand total of $3.35 an hour, <laughs> minimal wage. Well, things have changed a little bit, but we're glad to have that connection. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I it was a good opportunity for me. Obviously, I chose not to uh, go into dentistry for a career choice, but it was a good learning experience for me. And I made uh, a couple of lifelong friends while I was there. So I have a special connection to uh, the dental school there at MCG. Um, as you talk about that, I do wonder how many women were around in the profession when you came to, to Augusta in 1989. So when, um, in 1989, we, we had women, but not near. Now we're about half and half. We were a lot lower numbers back then. Uh, when I was in dental school, approximately let uh, 20% of my, or maybe even 15% of my dental school class was women. And now we enjoy a 50-50 ratio of men and women in dentistry. And it's a great career for both men and women. Lots of flexibility. You, um, If you're a private practice owner, you own your business, you're the boss and you set your hours. And many dentists work part-time and still earn a very, you know, have a very good career in earnings. All right, very good. And I'm glad, like many other professions that were uh, not considered traditional professions for women, uh, we see the growth there. And that's a great thing for yes. like, like us who, who want to see women progress, knowing that we bring some special skills to those professions. Also, I wanted to talk about just the characteristics of the student body. Uh, are most of your students from Georgia? Are many of them from the Augusta area? Where do, where do your students come from? Our students come from all over the state of Georgia. 90% of our class are Georgians. And there was a period of time until about five or six years ago where we admitted only Georgia residents. And so they come from all over the state. And we're a very, you know, Georgia is a large rural state, as I'm sure you're aware. And um, of the 159 counties in Georgia, 122 of them are dental health profession shortage areas. So our goal is to try to get students from all over the state and hopefully have them return to their hometowns and rural areas of Georgia. Uh, for example, this year, 69% of our student body of our freshman class come from dental health profession shortage areas. Now we hope they return, but they are young adults and Atlanta has its allure. 
And so um, right now we have a maldistribution of dentists in Georgia, a lot of dentists in the metropolitan areas, particularly Atlanta. And the, the goal is to try to get our students to go back to some of the more rural areas where dentists are desperately needed. Did you say that of the 159 counties that 122 have a shortage Correct. of dental professionals? Correct. Wow. And we are 47th in the country as a state in terms of the number of dentists per, per capita. So our, in Georgia, we have an average of 45 dentists per 100,000, which ranks as 47th in the country. So we have, we, we need dentists in Georgia. And how many dental schools are there in Georgia? We are the, we are proud. We are the only dental school in the state of Georgia. Uh, Emory did have a dental school that closed in the late 1980s. So really the pressure is on to produce yes. more dentists, dentists in Georgia. Yes. And so we and want them to stay in Georgia. So I would want to say then for those underserved counties, all those underserved counties, um, does that mean that some of them don't have a dentist at all, or they may have one dentist and it's not enough to, to serve that? Um, most of them have one dentist, but there are a few counties that do not have a dentist. Really a male distribution here in the state. Okay. Part of that, let me interject too, is, you know, the payer mix. So um, a lot of these are poor counties, and so uh, patients have Medicaid. Medicaid does not pay for many dental services. It pays for pediatric dental services, but the only services that Medicaid pays for from, for the adult population are to extract teeth. So teeth become extracted, and then there's no replacement. And so teeth are, are so important for our self-confidence, for employment, to smile, you know, to be able to smile and communicate, to eat, you know, so um, we really render our adult population, uh, you know, as almost dental cripples by extracting their teeth with no replacements. And do they not even pay for the basic cleanings and things that no. often prevent the need for? Not in adults, not in adults. So this is another example of where public policy has uh, a huge impact on your health. Absolutely. I mean, if people don't have teeth, they cannot masticate food well. They can't eat the fruits and vegetables that, you know, the healthy, the healthy foods, they eat the softer high carbohydrate foods. Yeah. So you're going to be eating mashed potatoes rather than um, say an apple. Exactly. Okay. All right. That is really helpful to know. I, I would not have guessed. I knew there, there are uh, counties that lack dental services, but I would not have guessed that it was 122. Yes. I mean, yes. that, that is really. So your mission at the dental, dental school, which is to say you educate 90% Georgians um, with the idea that hopefully some of them will choose to work in these underserved areas. Right. And I know some of those counties are rural, they're poor, yes. um, and, and it's helping suppress them um, by not having adequate medical care. Because I think if I, if I have an option between working in Richmond County, where there are medical professionals all over, Richmond and Columbia, where there are right. professionals all over, 
or a choice to work in one of those little rural counties, I'm going to choose the county where I've got access to care. That's going to be something that's important to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with us. In terms of the number of students, uh, as you talk about having this mission of educating students who can serve Georgia, um, tell me how that number has grown over the years. So um, when I came in 1989, our class size was ranged from 45 to about 55. And then when we were in the um, previous building, the old dental school, we, our class size maxed out at 72. And that was the most we could uh, facilitate in that building because we need, uh, our, our students learn in, in two primary areas. In the first two years, there's a lot of simulation. So they're in a simulation lab working on mannequin and the second mannequins in the second two years are focused on uh, clinical care. And so we have to have enough, enough dental operatories. And so we were maxed out of both of those. So uh, when we, in 2011, we took occupancy of this new wonderful facility. We can accommodate up to hundred students per class and we have 68 residents here. So we function as a hospital, essentially. We have, um, you know, we have a, an ambulatory surgical center. We have two ORs that you would see in the hospital. We have 400 students, 67 to 68 residents, 250 staff, and 110 faculty. So it, it's a pretty large operation here. Wow, 110 faculty. Okay, wow. Now, are they all full time or are they part time faculty? Well, those are those are paid full time equivalents. That's if you add up all the, uh, you know, every you know tenth of a day that the faculty teach, and we have over 350 volunteer faculty. Many of them are in our outreach sites located throughout the state. Okay. All right. Very good. So, as that number has increased. Um, think there's also increasing diversity with your students? Absolutely. And so we have, and I've got the stats here, um, of, our, of our incoming freshman class, we have 96 students with an age range of 20 to 45. We have a student that's 45. Um, we have seven students over 30. So we, we get a lot of second career applicants. We have eight African-Americans, 13 Asians. Uh, let me see, Hispanics, five. So we've got a very diverse, and, the, and of course, there's other um, nationalities represented here too, but a very much more diverse student body and faculty and staff than we had, let's say, 30 years ago when I started. All right. And that, that's also good for Georgia, that there's increasing diversity with this student. Right. Um, one of the things that I know is a barrier, uh, quite frankly, for people who are interested in attending uh, any professional program, um, but specific to dentistry, just the cost. I mean, yes. um, I my dentist uh, is an MCG graduate. Her son is an MCG graduate recently. And uh, she was just lamenting just how much it costs to go to school. And, you know, if a student is to take out loans and that sort of thing, you know, you feel like you're under the burden of debt for the rest of your life, you know, can you talk to the cost, speak to the cost sure. and how students offset that cost? I mean, but for our younger listeners who may be interested sure. in attending dental school. So, you know, one, one thing that plays to our advantage is we are in Georgia where we have the wonderful Hope Scholarship. So many of our students 
come, you know, are high achievers uh, and they come to us with fairly small debt in terms of undergrad if they've been able to keep the HOPE scholarship all four years. So we figured that the average undergraduate debt is about $5,000. Now, you have to also consider too, and, and this is a pretty well-known fact, that some of our diverse students, particularly our African-American students, end up more in debt than some of our other you know, non-diverse students, shall we say. So tuition here is about $27,000 a year, but that's not the whole story. There's also fees. So, and so with fees, living expenses, it's probably about 40,000 a year. So our students average debt load is about 179,000. And that compares to the average dental school debt, which is over $300,000 across the country. So we are a, an extremely good value. It's interesting, for example, University Medical University of South Carolina's in-state tuition is more than our out-of-state tuition. So we're actually attracting students outside of the state of Georgia uh, because of our tuition. Okay. Uh, that is, it's um, good to know that you all are a good value. And right. I guess the tuition can stay lower compared yes. to other schools because uh, of the investments that the state of Georgia has put into Absolutely. the school. Is that right? That's correct. And so how do students finance schools? Some of them, you know, parents help out. Uh, they take student loans. Some come to us, um, you know, through the military where the military pays for their dental education and then they have a commitment to serve. And then uh, with the support of the Georgia Dental Association, they have successfully lobbied for uh, loan forgiveness in some of the graduates to go to more rural areas of the state. Okay, so there are some incentives if you to, to go to uh, some of those underserved counties. Correct. Uh, in terms of debt forgiveness. Okay, all right, that's good to know as well. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about uh, some local services that are offered via the dental school. Uh, sure. I know a long time ago there was a clinic there. Do you all still do that? Sure. We ha actually have three three different levels, uh, three programs and three different levels of cost. The first are, is the dental student program. And I, you, you'll have that number that I know you can share with any of the listeners that uh, is a, the fees are about one third of what traditional dental fees are. And so I always tell people if time is money, that's not the program for you. But if you have the time, um, the work is superb. Everything is checked by an attending faculty. Um, so patients are screened for that program. Of course, these are learners. So we need to have, we can't, they can't be jumping into really complex situations. The second program is our residency programs. We have eight dental residency programs here at the Dental College of Georgia. And to, again, they are, patients are either referred for screenings, either from um, outside dentists or from our own dentists here in the dental school. And the third program is our dental associates, our faculty practice. We have every dental specialty under the, under the same roof. All of your care can be managed right here at the dental school from the simplest to the most complex. And even those requiring 
um, surgical procedures in an um, OR setting. We could do that here at the Dallas Gove course. Uh, we are not a hospital per se, so we treat uh, patients who are not medically compromised in our uh, surgical center. If they are significantly medically compromised, we treat them in either to Children's Hospital of Georgia or uh, Augusta Health. But for example, we had a two-year waiting list for kids requiring OR, you know, dental services in the OR, special needs, that type of thing, and even some young adults. And we've been able to shorten that list significantly by taking those who are not medically compromised and treating them right here in the dental school. All right, very good. So you all actually provide services in the hospital settings as well, because I think that's something I didn't know. Yes, yes. Oh, okay, all right. Um, as you know, we talk about this big institution, you've mentioned all of the uh, faculty members and how the programs benefit the entire state. Um, are, are there other ways that the school benefits, we, Augustans benefit from the sure. presence of the dental school here? Absolutely. Uh, we, as you've mentioned, we, we are fortunate to be state supported. We, we, we have a wonderful facility that was built with tax dollars from the state. We remain the largest Board of Regents project in the entire state, the new the dental school. I keep saying new, but 2011, but it, feels, it still feels new to me anyways. Um, each of our dental students performs 25 hours of community service per year. So they are all over, they can perform that in their, in their hometowns. They do it here in Augusta. We screen patients, uh, for example, at the flea market. We participate in health clinics. We actually have a, a, a dental clinic that our students raised money for to establish at the Georgia War Veterans Nursing Home. So all of the veterans get a dental exam and we can do some simple dental, dental procedures there or we transport them here. Um, and then in our senior year, our um, of course, pre-COVID, our senior dental students uh, participate in four two-week rotations. We have 27 different satellite clinics throughout the state of Georgia. So we call Georgia our classroom and our students rotate there for a total of eight weeks. And on average, they treat 9,000 patients and perform 15,000 procedures annually. Most of these clinics are federally, federal health qualified dental centers, public health sites. We're treating the underserved throughout the state. All right. So there are distinct benefits to Georgia by having Absolutely. a state, state run dental school here. Um, and as you talk about getting out to, to serve in all those counties, you said 27 clinics. Yes. And they are spread throughout all over the state. Georgia, South Georgia, North Georgia. Yes. Okay. And we have, of course, some in, you know, underserved areas in Atlanta. Probably our, one of our oldest is the Ben Macell Clinic. And so, and we have, that's where our volunteer faculty are throughout the state. The vast majority of our volunteer faculty are at these sites, these different sites. And the other thing, by sending our students to these areas, they actually get exposed to dentistry in these, in public health sites. And, and since we started this program in 2006, we actually have had a, an increased number of students uh, interested in public health dentistry. Yeah, I would imagine good. The exposure is wonderful. Absolutely. Um, and uh, tell me, like, as you discuss the needs, 
and how uh, the dental college is meeting those needs across the state. Um, do you envision that there'll ever be any more expansion? You've already gone from the building there at the corner of 15th and Laney Walker um, over to the new facility. Right. Um, do you envision that there's ever gonna be a, a, a more of an expansion so that you all can continue to, to fulfill those needs across the state? We hope so. We are maxed out, believe it or not, in the new facility. But um, we, you know, for example, when Augusta Health moves, to, or not moves, but opens up the hospital in uh, Columbia County, we hope that we will have a dental presence there as well. And so we, we would like to expand. There are some licensing issues for faculty. Uh, right now, our faculty uh, are licensed, our faculty who have a faculty license are licensed only for this facility. So it will take some work with the Georgia Board of Dentistry um, to uh, expand the licensure so that we can expand our services, hopefully throughout the state, even more. Wonderful. All right. As we prepare to close out, I want to thank you so much for explaining uh, that we have this tremendous asset here uh, in our community. Um, and if I could, I would ask you to uh, just tell us about how significant it is that we have good dental health. I, I know we've talked from the institutional side about uh, the school itself and your students and, you know, a lot of what it takes to become a dentist. But can you tell us if I'm just your average listener out there, why is it so good that, that I take care of my dental health? Well, oral health is very much linked to overall general, general health. The oral cavity is the gateway to the body for for a lot of what we do and our communication and our eating and our speaking and breathing. And so uh, it's one interesting thing is that most, um, you know, 65% of, of the citizens see a dentist each year versus only 30, 35% will see a physician. So as dentists, we are often the ones who identify high blood pressure uh, cancer, oral cancer, and diabetes, and those types of systemic diseases are often found in, in a dental office before they are found in a medical office. So we take our role as oral health care providers very seriously, and you know we we make a significant impact in oral health. And and as I said, if you don't have healthy teeth, you're likely don't have a healthy body. Wow. Okay. All right, for those who are interested and uh, would like to receive services at the dental school, that phone number is 706-721-2371. Again, 706-721-2371. Dr. Lefebvre, thank you so much for being a guest on Local Matters. Uh, and I thank you for the role that, that you're playing in ensuring that we do have some well-trained uh, dentist to serve uh, all of these Georgians. And I well, thank you for letting us spread the great news and the great word of the work we do here at the Dental College of Georgia. Thank you. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.